0: I don't know how much more Joe Girard I can take. All right. We're going to talk about the Syracuse basketball one point loss to Bryant. We'll talk about the ins and outs of what it means and everything. It's on Locked On Syracuse, and it's right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Monday episode of Lockdown Syracuse. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He is Owen Valentine. We are talking about Syracuse basketball today. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. SU Lost 73 to 72 inside the JMA dome to the America East's finest, the Bryant Bulldogs. It was a brutal game. Syracuse went into the half down 11 points 40 to 29. They outscored Bryant by 10 in the second, but of course that's not enough. It was a sloppy game. There was of course the fight. If you want to start with that, we could talk about the fight. Um, Judah and Doug Edder to kind of go at it where Judah goes up for a layup or a floater or whatever it was kind of gets involuntarily shoved by Doug. So then Judah slaps him in the face and then Doug just winds up and smacks Judah in the side of the head. And then Doug Etta runs away from John Bolashock. Judah can't do that. I know that there's probably people out there that want to defend him, but he's 18 years old and he made a really stupid decision to hit a player. You can't do that. Um, you get suspended. I don't know if we're going to see what we saw last year at the ACC tournament where Buddy Bayheim got suspended for an entire game for punching. I can't remember that guy. Wyatt Wilkes was that it. Um, Punched him right in the gut. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see that kind of action be taken against Judah, but he got ejected. Doug got ejected. Two Syracuse assistant coaches got ejected because of that dumb rule where assistant coaches aren't allowed to go on the court. Um, and I believe two other players from Bryant got ejected as well which left Syracuse, of course, in a spot where they didn't have their best player in Judah Mintz, who has been their best player so far this season. So they had to rely on everything else. And luckily, they had a guy in in Justin Taylor who hadn't shown anything at all this season that was promising and then came out, took his chance, and was absolutely phenomenal. Syracuse underratedly had a very weird squad on the field, or the court, excuse me, uh, because there were injuries, there was sickness, illness, Benny Williams had a stomach bug. He couldn't play. Munir Hima was hurt. He couldn't play. So that left John Bolajac out on the court for, what was it, 26 minutes he played? 27 minutes. That might be the most he's ever played. I'll check that in a second. Uh, And you had a lot of, uh, excuse me, Peter Carey and Justin Taylor. Taylor, 25 points, led the team, 6-for-9 from the field, 3-for-6 from three. He shot 10 free throws out of 13 tries Uh, He was really, really good in this game. The only reason Syracuse had a chance in it, so I think everybody's buying Justin Taylor stock right now. But still, Syracuse couldn't pull it off, and partly because Joe Girard went one for 12, which means he's two for 22 in his last two games. There's just too much going on, Owen, and none of it is good.
1: Yeah, I'm sitting here right now, and it's just a dilapidated state of... Syracuse athletics in terms of the major sports uh, and your profit sports in basketball and football. Uh, I I look at this basketball game and it it was very much weird. As you said, a lot happened. Uh, You got to think to Judah Mintz, right? You are, yes, you're 18 years old Mm -hmm. as you said, but you also are a top tier player. You have established yourself as being as Jim Beheim said in the press conference after the game. And as most people I think can agree the best player on the court for Syracuse basketball. You need to show that composure. You need to show that maturity. And I will say this, uh, I'll I, you know, i throw a few positives in there. He came out, he answered reporter questions after the game, took ownership, seemed that was a very mature response to a very immature action on the court. Uh, so there is that there. I will give him the nod because it's, it's hard to go up and, and talk to reporters after doing that and have those conversations and immediately take that ownership. He uh, talked about the difficulty of, you know, watching Syracuse lose to a Bryant team from not the court and from not the, uh, the side. Uh, it's it's very difficult. Uh, and Syracuse played a weird game. I will shout out a few things before I get angry. Jesse Edwards, 21, re- 21 rebounds is absurd uh, in 31 minutes, fouled out with, you know, a little bit of time to play. 21 rebounds is absurd Justin Taylor is the reason that this game wasn't a 15 to 20 point blowout. I think his minutes should skyrocket. I think you can play him at virtually any of the positions one through three, maybe even four uh, to bump his minutes up because he deserves to be on. the He's also
0: you're right about that. He's a revelation in the fact that he's another option you could put at the top of the zone.
1: Because that's where we
0: saw him play defense. And for the Joe haters out there, which I feel have grown in numbers in the last couple of games, that's
1: big news because that means that Joe's not the only guy that you could stick at the top of the zone. 100%. That's that's massive. And and I I think that is something that they can build off of. But when all is said and done, this is a, a team that has now lost three out of its first six, a Colgate loss for the second year in a row. A St. John's loss, there is a New York State rivalry with St. John's because St. John's has torched you recently in these matchups, embarrassingly bad. There is now a loss to Bryant, albeit a Bryant team that I love. Uh, They are obnoxious, they're pesky, they are going to get in your head, they are going to play a chaotic game of basketball. I would be remiss to not talk about Charles Pride for a second uh, went to school together, watched him play all through Liverpool, watched, you know, he played with my brother, uh, a lot of good stuff out of him. I think he plays the game the right way, played all 40 minutes for Bryant, uh, six rebounds, I think 13 points, a handful of assists. Like he, I, I, he's a guy that I wish Syracuse could have convinced to somehow transfer, uh, even though he wasn't going to transfer. Uh, but he, is I got to talk about him for a second give him some credit give him some props because I watched him come into the dome in 2020 and really really come close to doing it the last time and he pulls it off this time so I will give him that shout I will give him some props for the central New York fans Uh, but this is a game that Syracuse is is going to have circled and I said that against Colgate uh, but these are games that you look back on, and games that you question, and games that you are are so frustrated given the landscape of the last few weeks, and it, it is difficult. You know, you there are a lot of things working against you in this game. Obviously, with with Benny having a stomach illness, with Monir apparently being hurt now, uh, with Judah out in the first ten minutes of the game, you're playing. You know, there's there's three of your rotation guys in this ten minute rotate or this ten ish man rotation in quotes Uh, but those are three major guys to that rotation and there's a huge you know kink in the system now or kink in the armor so you've gotta regardless do something right this game needs to be won this is a game that you you need to show that you are the better basketball team and that wasn't necessarily evident Syracuse played a a very strong I would say final 10-ish minutes I think uh Beheim said it in the postgame. Uh the last 10 or 15 minutes defensively, Syracuse seemed a lot better. Uh and it, and it seemed to work and get some stops and things like that. And that was huge. But this is a game that is frustrating. And rightfully so. And I I I mean, with forty one replies to our postgame tweet on Twitter. We had 10 ish more replies later in the night on a follow up tweet. Like people are outspoken right now. Rightfully so. Very, very frustrated. Uh, and it's, it seems like there is every tier of frustration is, is being thrown out there, from Wild Hack to Bayheim to Gerard to whoever on the court. Uh, every tier is currently under scrutiny. Uh, and that is an indication of what the last you know, few years have been for Syracuse basketball, an indication of what the last seven-ish weeks for Syracuse Athletics uh, in terms of football and basketball, have been on the men's side, uh, and it's it's frustrating that continues to compound, and, or frustration that continues to compound, continues to build, and you're losing the leash, right? You can have with a young team typically a bit of a leash where you can you can go out and have some free range, or maybe you're just in an electronic fenced-in backyard. Uh, the leash is shortening, and it is shortening really, really quickly, given what is happening. Uh, in both sides right now and in both sports. And and it's a frustrated fan base that is looking for things to latch on to. And it is unfortunate and frustrating. And there's not always things that I can say that can add to that discussion just because of the reality of of the situation right now. It is approaching a, a very dire moment for Syracuse athletics right now in terms of the big two sports on the men's side.
0: Let's take a quick break, and on the other side, we will hear from some of those fans from what Owen mentioned, all those replies that we really appreciate on our tweets. Uh, But first, this is brought to you by Upside. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out. Less or buying less from the grocery store. We can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why you got to start using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With upside, you don't have to cut back because you get cash back on every purchase. To get started, download the free upside app, use promo code Locked and get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more. Next claim an offer for whatever you're buying on upside, checking at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. But that's not all. Let me tell you about LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access. the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free create your free job post on linkedin then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile you can use simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can interview and hire those people it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All righty. That's a lot. Um all right. Let's get into some of these replies. Uh I'm going to start. From the later tweet, because some people had some pointed questions in those, while I think the other one was just everybody just venting frustration, which is entirely warranted. Um, but let's start with some of those pointed questions. It's Justin Phillips, will Justin Taylor start after this game? That's a fantastic question. Uh, if JB, Jimmy Beheim, Um, if Bayheim sticks to his word about Chris Bell, I think he will start because Bayheim goes into every post-game press conference and says Chris Bell shouldn't start, yet he starts him every single game. Uh, So I don't really know whether or not JT will start. I'll tell you what, he proved that he should and he can. Um, He didn't play a single minute against St. John's. Don't forget that. That guy was not on the court for one second. Uh, And then he proved against Bryant that he deserves to be. So I think that he absolutely could and probably should start because he has the ability to do it on the offensive end, which is exactly what we saw. But he also has the ability to do it on the defensive end. And if teams are still going to play inside Joe Girard's jersey and they're going to double Jesse, you're going to have Justin Taylor wide open for three. And like Beheim said in the press conference, if he's got an open shot, he's going to hit it. Um, So I do think that he should probably start. And I like Chris Bell as a six man off the bench. You can bring on a shooter. I'll take that.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he's necessarily going to start in reality, but I think the minutes are 100% going to rise. And you're going to get uh, what I think is a pretty solid situation, chopping those minutes between Bell and Taylor, who have both contributed. And I think you're going to find stretches of time, especially if Joe you know, continues to struggle in terms of finding and making shots. Uh, I, I think you're going to find situations where they're both on the court together, and, and that's going to work well. I don't necessarily care who the starter is. You know, I, I look to the NFL right now and I see the, the Cowboys and the, the debate of Pollard versus Elliott and who should start there. It doesn't matter. Get, it's the minutes. It's the situation. It's it's where it works out. If we know Jim Bayheim, he will keep his starting lineup. And even if that means pulling, you know, a guy three minutes into the game, like you saw with, with Coleman for a little bit. Uh, where, you know, you is... get the start and then you pull them. It, it's, it's going to stay in my thought. Typically that's what ends up happening, but the minutes I think will shift and reflect. But right now, I mean, although Bell has struggled to crash the boards and is not, I don't think as solid of a defender as Taylor is, they're both playing. I mean, Taylor in one game, but Bell in the last few ha- have shown some life and have shown, you know, what they were advertised to be in solid shooters and, more so in Taylor being able to create that shot a lot better. And I think they both look really comfortable uh, or at least did against Bryant, which I think can go a long way. And I think Taylor should be in a starting conversation, can be very much a starter. Many will say he deserves to start. I think I could argue that as well based on this game. Uh, But for right now, you know, as one out of six games for Taylor. Uh, Although he has not played in every game, but, uh, it's yeah, one but he game played crucial right
0: minutes and he yeah. scored crucial points. The only thing Correct. that I think that your your only point in which your logic is flawed is that you think that if Joe starts playing poorly, he's going to be taken out, and he's not. He will never be, and that's the problem with with what Bayheim's doing with the rotation, uh, and that's going to eat into the players who should play. Uh, I mean, it was kind of the same situation. Maybe not the same situation, but it kind of harkens back to old Syracuse basketball uh, where Scoop was playing instead of Dion and Dion never got a start because Scoop was playing. So that's kind of the story. Um, but anyway, I think it was Scoop, uh, but I just I'm worried about him never taking Gerard off the court, and I think that's entirely warranted. All right, let's go. shooting nine percent.
1: To... He's shooting nine yep, percent in the last two games. It's brutal.
0: Uh, someone says, is Judah one and done, and can Joe come back for one more year? Do you want him to come back? Joe can come back for one more year, technically as a COVID year. Uh, I don't think anybody wants him to. But for Joe, or for Judah, excuse me,
1: I think he's a one and done. I do. I hope he's not. But I think I, he's uh, the more I watch him, the more I think he is. Uh, he's the best player. I, I the think, team. just to, to speak this, he is the best player on the team. Uh, The more I watch him, the more I think, yes, that is the case. This team would reap so much in terms of benefits from him being two years. Uh, From him playing a second year would be absolutely massive for this program. Uh, And to talk about Gerard, Gerard, yes, can come back for year five. Um, I I, I Honestly, I, I hope he goes and transfers to like a mid-major school where he can be high school Gerard and do his thing uh, for year five. I think it hurts the program, if he, gonna, hurts the program if he comes back. It's not. I think it hurts the program if he comes back. He's not going to come back.
0: This
1: He's not going to come I don't, back. Yeah, I'm saying if he comes back, it hurts this program. Because you're going to yeah, be it, in another situation where you're pushing guards out that aren't going to get minutes, and it's frustrating. Uh, and it, it – you know, in a climate right now where kids are so quick to transfer, um, and, you know, rightfully so, if the boot doesn't fit, you know, you, you can't wear the boot. So that that's a situation that's happening. You've got to be, you know, presenting guards a situation that they're going to play. And Jim was staying another year, playing 36 out of the 40 possible minutes in a game where he shoots one for 12. And I think his three was in the first, like, four minutes of the game. That he hit. So he was 0 for 11 in the final 33 ish minutes that he played yet. Or 0 for, yeah, 0 for 11 in the final 33 minutes he played basketball yesterday. Um, it's not a good situation. And it's, it's, it's
0: Yeah, tough. the guy's bad. And as he's you said, forward. as you
1: said, 100%. He's going to have a 30 point game. And yeah, in two, two
0: games, he'll have the best game of his life. And everyone's going to be like, where are the Joe haters now? And then in two games, he's going to shoot 2 for 16. And we'll be right back where we are now.
1: It is a but anyway, that's just how Joe,
0: Joe goes. Yeah. Um all right, somebody asked update on Hema's injury. Peter Carey is not a capable ACC backup center. Uh Hema Bayham said in the press conference this is all I have for you. I don't have inside sources. is yeah. not texting me about his injury. Um Bayham said Hema it hurts and if it hurts for the Illinois game, he won't play. That's what he said. Uh or yeah. uh, paraphrasing what he said. Um so he's hurt I don't think it's a huge injury. I think that he'll hopefully come back soon. Um, yeah. But we don't you need really Jesse know. to
1: be out of foul trouble. That is the issue. Yeah, well, that's true. The, the at-large I mean, issue. I mean, you look at Kerry. When, when
0: you've got two guys haranguing you because Jude is not in the game, it gets tough for a guy like Jesse. 100%. And everybody's going to key to him. Um, 100%. So, but you're right, though. He does have to stay out of foul trouble. For Peter Carey, though, yeah, he can't play. I mean, that guy's not ready to play. He's just not. Um Beheim also said in the press conference, you know, Jesse makes that block at the end of the game. They win if Jesse's in the game right there. That's what Beheim said. Uh, And I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, I don't think you can predict whether or not Jesse makes that block because it was kind of like a perfect floater. Um, But Peter Carey, he's not good right now. He could be great in two years, but he's not good right now. Um, So I 100% agree with you. He cannot be a backup ACC center. Um, Yeah. Someone says, where do you even go from here? I don't think it's just as easy as Bayheim leaving, which I don't even think is the answer anyway. I mean, where do you go here as a program or where do you go from here this season? Some people are saying the season's over already. It's not. I mean, you'd have to play pretty darn good ACC slate to put yourself in tournament contention, which I still think they can. People are forgetting that there's a ton of talent on this team. Um you just have to – the rotations aren't solidified yet. Uh, that's the other thing. We're six games mm-hmm. in, and Bayheim is still trying things out. Like I said, Justin Taylor saved the, almost saved the day uh, in this last game, and he didn't play a minute in the game prior. So we're, we're still figuring things out about this team, and we're, we're still finding out what is going to work, who's going to play, how, what are the rotations going to be. You can't give up this early. Um, does it look bad? Sure, but I think that you have to have some faith. Uh, All right, let's take one more quick break, and then we will get to the rest of it. Uh, This one brought to you by Nissan, our friends at Nissan. We'll give you this week's thrilling moment in college football. It's brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, I'm going to go with Sean Tucker in this last game. He had a couple of touchdowns. He had 125 yards on the ground. The guy was really, really good. And I'm also going to throw in Schrader's throw to Damian Alford, which I think was the second-best throw we've seen him make this year. The other one also a touchdown to Damian Alford, and the only other throw that in his Syracuse career that compares to those two is also a touchdown to Damian Alford that he threw at Virginia Tech. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles, Pursue What Thrills You in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder, today available now at NissanUSA.com. Okay, we're back here on Lockdown Syracuse. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. I'm now going to swap over to the uh, post-game basketball tweet where we got a lot of people to share their opinions and whatnot. I'm going to try and find one that is a pointed question instead of people just, you know, Venting their frustration, which again, we we you know, we want that too. We want you to feel like you can just use us as a platform to vent your frustration. Um, Will Dumont says, Why relying on point guard that is one of 12 when you can get quality minutes of torrents and he compliments Bell and Taylor better with his driving ability, plus he's better defensively. Bayon said in the post-game press conference, I think Donna De who is fantastic at dot Syracuse.com asked what's the story with joe can't he can't shoot like is he just getting bad shots is he not making them bam basically said he's getting good shots he's just not making them which like why are you playing him then like it just makes no sense you're admitting that the guy is missing shots that he should make let me tell you what if that was alan griffin he would have been yanked after one If that was, I don't know, somebody else that Bayheim absolutely despised Jalen Carey, he would have been gone after one shot. Listen, he has the weirdest soft spot for Joe Girard, and it is impeding the success of this basketball team. If he doesn't put away his whatever he has for Joe Girard, I don't know why he loves him so much. The guy, if he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. Does Joe have it some nights and wins the game? Sure. That's what he did. Uh, in the game one of the Empire Classic against Richmond. He had 31, his career high. He was great. First half, he was fantastic, unbelievable. Sometimes he'll play it like that. And I'm, I'm not a 100% Joe hater, like he, he's got to go. But when he doesn't have it and he's missed four shots in a row, take him out of the game. He doesn't add anything else. He doesn't make the game smoother. He doesn't pass the ball incredibly well. He can't play defense. He doesn't drive on anybody. It is not like you're taking out your star player. Joe Girard, if he's on, can hit a bunch of shots, and he can help you win a game. If he's off, he is the biggest detriment to any team. If he's not playing well, take him off the floor. That's all I ask.
1: Yeah, this is something I've said since he since he got to Syracuse, and I I, I think we sometimes stray from the fact that he wasn't a top fifty recruit, he wasn't a top hundred recruit, he wasn't a top two hundred recruit, and, and we're, we're treating him like he you know with this leash that he came in as a five star guy. And is going to figure it out. And the leash needs to be, uh, you've got to be a lot more aware. I get shooters have to shoot. And the way to come out of a slump as a shooter is to keep shooting. But the leash is way too long. You cannot go two for 22 or two for, yeah, whatever it was in the two-game stretch and deserve to play, you know, almost 75 minutes in that stretch of basketball. That's not what math's out. Uh, I always have said this. And it will not happen. But Joe Girard would be an incredible sixth man off the bench. Guy that you can plop in when you're down or need a little spark to come in and be a, be a shooter. Be a guy that can come in and hit back-to-back threes and provide the spark off the bench. I, I don't think he was ever supposed to be in the role that he currently has. It just doesn't seem like something to me that I ever saw Girard being in. And he's been in this role for two almost three years like it's it's that's something that has happened and it's become something we've accepted and it, it does hinder this team when he's not on because the defensive you know diminishing uh that he provides and he he's way too low in the zone his hands are never up things like that uh his defensive you know woes hurt this team and when he's not contributing on offense you cannot provide the number of minutes that he gets on the defensive end right at least bell in not rebounding scored 14 points or is scoring in the last two games gerard no it's i'm not seeing it yes he crashes the boards pretty good given his size but he's not necessarily dishing out a ton of assists he is not scoring points and the defensive decrease that he provides is really really hindering a team because you have a guy on the bench in Samir Torrance who's much better defensively, a guy that we've seen go off now in Justin Taylor who is much better defensively. There are better defensive options. Eric Copeland is better defensively. Malik Brown, better defensively. I know we're straying from the true position there, but there are better defensive options that can help you out on that end. And when Joe is not scoring on offense, you cannot allow him to have the leash that he has been given because the defensive struggles are far too catastrophic for Syracuse to be able to compete and recover from.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. And I don't know if we're going to see a change on that because we all know how stubborn Beheim is. But, uh, I mean, it is just – it's it's truly brutal to watch when he just doesn't have it and he keeps shooting it. And I understand that, you know, as Syracuse legend Dion Waiter says, you know, shooters can't have a memory. You just got to keep shooting. Uh, But do it in the gym. All right? I can't watch you Just keep doing on the court. You're two for twenty-two. Whatever. All right, that's all the time we got today. Thank you Give for. Oh, you want to say something? Go ahead.
1: I want to shout a few random things out that came to mind. Uh, I, I didn't talk about it. Shout out John Bull first of all. Sure, uh, it was his career high in minutes, by the way, by a large margin. Twenty-seven minutes. Uh, you know, the stat line is not incredible, as Beheim said. But six boards. He did the things did that did don't show up do. in the box score, though. Uh, three assists, like he is doing things that you need him to do. And it's awesome to see uh, a guy that, you know, is not good, right? He's not a great basketball player, but the mind is there. Uh, He came in and the moment that stuck out to me, and I will move on after this, is in that whole debacle, who is going to protect his boys? Who's going to protect his teammates? The first and the hardest, and that's John Bull. And that's a guy that you want on your side. Reminds me a little bit, obviously not as good, He has that sort of Elmer uh, or Chris Elmore attribute to him that he will do whatever and wants this team to succeed. And in any way possible, will do what is in his cards to do that. And I will give him a shout out to wrap this episode up.
0: I like that from you. All right. Thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen for your next one. Check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. They got the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, game recaps, and the take of the day available in the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. I'm at Bonaparte. He's on Valentine. Tomorrow, we will be back, and we're going to talk some football, probably. We're probably going to throw out a tweet that you'll see today when this episode comes out for tomorrow's pod. So make sure if you have some questions, you ask them there because we want to answer whatever we can. Uh, But thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse uh, your part of your daily listen. We appreciate it, and we'll see you tomorrow.